felt like the Holy Spirit has given me a prophetic message to the church. And I want to speak to you, and I want you to open your heart to hear this tonight. And I want us to be able to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord over America. Before I start, I want to pray. Lord, I just want to say thank you that you have given me this word and that you will speak through me and speak into the hearts of your people, that the church of Jesus Christ in America and around the world will rise up and will be the church, will be the light, will be the hope that the world so desperately needs. I pray that you speak to me, speak through me tonight, and that you use these words to cause your church to rise up. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I know many of us have felt like we are in the end times. We have felt like that Jesus Christ would be returning any day, that this is the book of revelations that we are living, that, as, as, that we would be out of here and the unbelievers could just figure out how to weather the great tribulation because we are going to get uh, blasted out of this earth. But I'm here to tell you what I sense in the spirit and what I sense that God is saying, that Jesus can't come back yet for two reasons. One, the gospel has not been preached to every tribe and every nation and to the ends of the world. There are still people that have not heard the gospel. And two, Jesus Christ is not coming back for a church that's weak, that's indifferent, that is fighting amongst themselves. He is going to come back for a bride, for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. So now it's time for the church to rise up. Now it's time for the church to become the church, the light of the world. Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Now, Peter's talking about the second coming of Jesus here. That he, the Lord's not slow, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Message Bible writes it this way. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. So what sort of people, verse 12, ought we to be um, living a life of holiness and of godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Verse 14 says, and so dear brothers, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This last week, I read on Facebook, a quote by Oswald J. Smith. The quote is, we talk of the second coming, but half the world has not heard of his first coming. The church needs to get busy. It's not time for Christ to return to this earth until everyone, everyone has had a chance to hear the gospel message and to make a decision to follow him. Peter talks about us hastening or speeding up the coming day of the Lord. How do we do this? We preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. We become the church. We become the light in the world. We point people to Jesus Christ. 
The church of Jesus Christ still has work to do before the end time. We still have places to go. We have people to reach with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church, be the light, be the hope of the world. We still have a job to do. We got to hasten Christ's second coming by preaching the good news to all the church, to all the world. Church, rise up. We've been reading through the book of Judges in our Bible reading guide, and several passages in the book of Judges has really spoken to my heart. One of them kind of describes America during this time, during this season, during this last decade, or should I say century. It says in Judges 17, 6, all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. America, America has turned its back on God, and the church has lost its moral compass. We, get to, the, we decide what's right or wrong rather than allowing the Bible to decide truth. Whatever feels good, we do it. We call what's good wrong, and we call what's wrong good. We have kind of erased the word sin in our culture. We've torn down the Ten Commandments. We've removed prayer from our schools. We call it hate crimes when the Bible is read and when morality is spoken from the pulpit. Rather than a calling abortion murder, we call it a choice. Judgment has come upon America because we've turned our backs on God. Rather than the church being the light of the world, we have been divided. We've been fighting amongst ourselves. We've been trying to be culturally relevant and watering down the message of repentance. We've tried to fit into a culture that has lost all sense of right and wrong. The church has been more concerned with being politically correct or culturally accepted than we are with pleasing and obeying God. That's why judgment has come. But... This is the word of the Lord. America is still needed. Why? Why would this pagan nation, why would this nation that's turned its back on God still be needed? Because the church in America has been the greatest sending of missionaries around the world, the greatest nation that has sent money to to further the gospel around the world, to send Bibles around the world. So I believe with all of my heart and I sense in my spirit strongly that God is not done with America but it's time for the church to rise up and be the church without spot or wrinkle, without division, full of love and full of the spirit of God. In the book of Judges, whenever God uh, sent judgment on the people, the people would cry out, cry out for mercy, cry out in repentance, cry out to God and turn from their wicked ways, turn from their sin, turn from their idolatry and turn back to God. And in Judges 3, verse 9, it says, But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and the Lord gave him victory. So there was peace in the land. It's our job as the church in America to cry out to God, to raise up a deliverer, to raise up a man, to raise up a woman that will be a judge that will be someone who will lead the people back to God and who will deliver America from the enemy. But again and again, the people would turn back to their sin. 
after the judge would be raised up and after the judge would fight the battle and the people would be delivered from the enemy that was coming to steal, kill, and destroy them, they would slowly over time return back to their sin, return back to idolatry, return back to their old ways, and the cycle would start again and again. We definitely need some leaders in America to rise up full of the spirit of the Lord so peace can be restored to our land. But even more than just a leader, we need the church to rise up. Sometimes the problem is not with the leader being willing to rise up, but it's with the church being willing to rise up and fight alongside him or her. Tells the story of Deborah in Judges 5 and 6. And Deborah was a judge. She was a righteous woman. She was one filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And she had a prophetic word for Barak. And she said to him, it's time to gather the warriors and it's time to go to battle. And he said, I won't go unless you go with me. And she said, I'll go with you. But listen to the response in chapter 5 of the children of Israel. Some went into battle and some didn't. Judges 5.13 says, The people of the Lord marched down against mighty warriors. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah and Barak. They followed Barak rushing into the valley. But in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. They were second-guessing themselves. They couldn't make up their minds. They were diverted and distracted. Gilead remained east of the Jordan. And why did Dan stay home? Asher sat unmoved at the seashore, remaining in his harbors. But Zebulun risked his life, as did Naphtali on the heights of the battlefield. Right now in America, churches are divided. They are divided about how they should respond, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, how they keep themselves safe and protected. And God is saying that we have to be able to be willing to risk, take a risk and stand up and fight. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against people. We are fighting against a real enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We're fighting against a real enemy that wants to stop the gospel from being preached to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? Because the enemy knows that when the gospel is preached, people, there will be a great revival that will sweep across the nations and sweep across the world. And then Jesus will come again with a mighty shout and he will be defeated. He will be thrown into the lake of fire. He doesn't want the end to come. He wants to keep the church distracted, staying at home, busy with their own little world, their own life indecisive about what they could or should or shouldn't do, about what's politically correct, about uh, what others might think about them. He wants us to stay home from the battlefield. But I've come tonight to tell you it's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to fight this battle. The battle that we're wrestling is on our knees. The battle we're wrestling is in the place of worship. The battle, the warfare that we're going to take, uh, that we're going to do is in the place of worship and prayer. And it's time for the church to get back on the battlefield. We need 
the church to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Another judge that I was reading this last week was Gideon. Gideon was afraid. Gideon was hiding. That's the church of Jesus Christ right now. We're afraid. We're hiding. We, we don't know what to do. But an angel of the Lord came to Gideon and prophesied to Gideon, and he got, said, Oh, mighty man of valor. He says, I've called you. I've anointed you. Judges 6.13 goes into what Gideon's reply to this angel is. When the angel says, you're going to lead your people in victory, and you're going to defeat the enemy, this is what Gideon replies. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? How many of us have said that? God, if you're really with us, why this plague? Why all the, the rioting and all the fighting and all the divisiveness? Why if you're really with us? And where are all the miracles, Gideon asked, that our ancestors told us about? And here's the word of the Lord. Miracles are returning to the church. The church is the only one with the answers. Miracles will be seen once again. And then Gideon goes on. He says, didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan's the weakest, my tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. That's enough. I will be with you. And this is the word of the Lord to you today. God is saying that he will be with you, that he will fight this battle, that if you will choose to rise up and allow the Holy Spirit to anoint you with his power, then if you will go forth with worship, with warfare in the spirit, with praying in the Holy Spirit, with praying against the, the powers of darkness that is trying to silence the voice of Christians in our land, if you will rise up, the Lord says, I will be with you. As you continue to read the story of Gideon, you'll see that he fleeced God many times, that he was, he was like, one more, one, I need one more confirmation this is you. Okay, God, okay, but one more. And I think it was like four or five different times throughout those chapters that he kept asking God, show me, prove it. One more time, one more time. I need, I need confidence. And as you know, God took, this great army and brought it down to 300 men that had no weapons. All they had was a trumpet and a torch that was covered by a bull. But Judges 6 says, then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Church, that's what we need. We need to be clothed afresh and anew with the power of the Holy Spirit. Judges 7 verse 19 says that these 300 men, suddenly they blew their ram's horns. They broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their hand, left hands, left hands, and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. 
Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. And this is the word of the Lord to you, church. As we take up our torch, as we take up our trumpet, as we take up our place and start to shout and shout in victory, declaring who God is, declaring his might, declaring his power, declaring that he is Lord over our nation, the enemy will turn on themselves and will be defeated. How do we receive this power? Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We receive power from the Holy Spirit. As we get into the presence of God, as we worship him, as we declare who he is, as we pray in the Holy Spirit, we receive power from on high. When we rise up, those lamps, those, those, the, the bowls that have hidden our light will be broken off and the church will shine forth and it will cause uh, the enemy's camp to go into confusion that they will fight each other. We need to rise up and be the light of the world. We need to raise our voices in worship. Then we will see the enemy defeated. Church, rise up. Church, rise up and be the church. Let this be the finest hour of the church because we chose to put our petty differences aside. We chose to repent. We chose to become the light that God created us to be and to worship God and to pray and to intercede and stand on the wall to see the enemy defeated in our land. Because the gospel still has to be preached around the world. There are still almost half the world's population that hasn't heard of Christ's first coming, let alone of his second. We have got to be the church. Lord, I pray that you would raise up leaders that will restore peace to our land, that you would fill them with your power and give them victory. And Lord, I pray for your church. Let us rise up and fight this battle, not against flesh and blood, not against the rulers in dark, but against the rulers of darkness in high places. Help us to stop being indecisive, fearful, questioning what we should do or shouldn't do. Let us not be distracted any longer. Let us not be lukewarm any longer, but let us rise up as your church, worshiping you, declaring who you are, declaring that you are Lord over America and that, Lord, we are going to see America once again serve you, follow you, and that we as a church are going to be be, uh, united, fighting a common enemy. Lord, it's not a, a... Democrat or a Republican. It is not a man or a woman, but it is the enemy that is wanting to silence the voice of your church, that is wanting to silence the voice of reason, the voice, Lord, that will cause people to be able to see the light. God, I pray that your church would once again be a 
a city set on the hill, that we would be the light of the world, that we would shine forth, Lord, with your love, that we would shine forth with your peace, that we would shine forth with the answers and the hope that the world needs. God, restore your church. Let your church rise up. I pray that this would be the church's finest hour. I pray that we would rise up and that we would see the enemy defeated. We would see the enemy turn against each other. I pray that we would rise up in unity, fighting a common enemy. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to be victorious. Help us to be bold. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with boldness to be bold witnesses for you. And God, I pray that the enemy would be defeated, that the enemy would be silenced, that the enemy would have to shut down and stop, that they would turn on each other, that they would destroy each other, and that, God, your voice would reign until all the earth hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we'd get busy as a church spreading that gospel we get busy as a church being the light. Help us, Lord. Help us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to go back into worship. And the song has been resonating in my heart and in my spirit today. And I hope it resonates in you. It fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit.
Well, thank you for tuning in with us. And I pray that you are blessed by God this week, that God fills you with his power, his anointing, and that you go forth and you're a bold witness and a light in a dark place. God bless you all and see you this weekend.